Welcome to the Fix Your Watchers podcast, where I own Stefan. Our mission is to equip, encourage, and exhort individuals through apologetics, fellow prophecy, and discipleship while emphasizing the gospel message. Pray that you are blessed by today's episode. Welcome to Fig Tree Watchers Current Event Prod Podcast for July 28, 2023. Boy, I could not get that out of my mouth tonight. Hey, welcome, Io. Welcome, everyone. It was supposed to be all serious, and I got <laughs> flustered. But that is the way it is, right? No, actually, yeah. it's the Current Event Broadcast for July 30th, 2023. Yeah. So I'm so sorry about that. No, it's totally we can fine. tell when we're recording this. So now everyone's in on the dirty little secret, yep. you know, and when we actually record this two days earlier. Hey, welcome everyone back. Uh, we have been off for a while, uh, vacations, mm-hmm. hiking trips, illnesses. Uh, I was the one who was ill while yeah, I was vacationing in the Bahamas. No, no. no I'm just kidding. I'm kidding everyone. Uh, no, um, I, but I really was sick. Uh, so... Uh, we are going to get back on track, and so I hope that you are all keeping us in our prayers. You're probably wondering what the heck was going on. Um, a lot of issues came up uh, uh, for me, and then Iowa was actually taking some time out. But we are back, and we are getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, that's right. Because Satan is never at rest. Satan is never at rest. Mm-hmm. So we should not be either. We should be diligent in prayer and supplication. So Io, how are you? I'm doing well, just like you said. Was gone for the first two weeks of July, so the break was great. Uh, during that break, we kind of slowed down with content, so I'm sure that's when you guys noticed that we weren't on as much, we didn't post as much. Uh, we did schedule some episodes here and there, um, but now we're back, we're ready to go, um, so hopefully we start picking things up in the next few days and weeks to come. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I was listening to our Resurrection series. Man, we were so raw back when we did that. I mean, that's just a couple of years ago, it seemed like. Yeah. But uh, oh, raw and, and aged, aged content and audio is not that great. But yeah, yeah. the content was absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. in what was there. I was listening to it going, man, this was really good stuff. Too yeah. bad our audio stunk. And we had a lot of pauses in between and everything else. So hopefully you enjoyed it. A little retro. And it's good because, you know, we're learning things as we go. And remember, we do this completely uh, free because we don't get paid for this. So this is out of our own pocket. And we're trying to get better as we go. Uh, but great stuff, nevertheless. Hey, why don't you lead us in prayer and we'll get started. Sure. Uh, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity you've given Brother Stefan and I to talk about current events, how it aligns with your word, and what your word specifically says about the last days. Uh, we just pray they use this uh, time, this uh, episode, to be a blessing to the people who hear it, whether they're believers, whether they're non-believers, who just happen to stumble upon it. Uh, we just pray that you encourage our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and you use this to be a means to share the gospel with those who have not placed their trust in your son yet. So we just pray that you guide what we'll be speaking about tonight, and that we uh, stay on topic, that we stay on your word, um, and that it is just encouraging and edifying to believers listen. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, uh, welcome to Fig Tree Watchers. If this is the first time that you've listened to the Current Event Podcast, um, please come back. We're normally not this bad, um, but we want you to come back and enjoy it. Listen to all the previous podcasts, and uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, We also have a website. You can go to www.figtreewatchers.com. 
check out our content there. You're going to see the notes from this episode. Uh, you can see them there after listening to it. And uh, you may find that we have a lot of scripture there. You're going to notice that. That's because we are a biblically-based ministry. Uh, we try to be biblically congruent in our theology as well. So we want you to be well-rounded and well-understood. We also want you to challenge us by searching the scriptures to see if what we're saying is true. We're not afraid of that mm. because we want to guide everything back to Jesus and back to the scriptures. Now, what we do here on a current event podcast, if you're joining us, is going over the news events, uh, in this case for the month, and how they relate to what the Bible says. Uh, is what the Bible say is on these current events, what is it dictating to us to understand in our knowledge of Scripture so that we are always guided by the Holy Spirit back to all truth? Yeah. Uh, because the spirit of prophecy is Jesus, right? Right. That's so correct. So what is our first news event that uh, you thought was very important that we should cover? Yeah, so in, in uh, normal fashion, what we usually do is we, or what we sometimes, I, I should say, is we just uh, talk about Harbinger's Daily Article, which is another Christian source that we love to reference. And they usually have an article about prophecy, while it's important, and just some usual, you know, useful advice or encouragement for Bible believers. Um, so I just wanted to share an article from them. And we actually wrote an article in a similar vein as this article. So Brother Stavall will touch on that one after all your words. We encourage you to read that as well. Uh, but this article, said, the title is Bible Biblical Prophecy. It has never been more vital that churches teach it and believers understand it. So the snippet of the article says, the urgency for everyone to know what scripture says about our future comes at a time when most churches refuse to talk about what the Bible says about the day in which we live. As a result, believers who attend these places of worship remain in the dark regarding their hope in Jesus soon, fearing, as well as the grave perils they face in a world where the great majority of its leaders bow before the murderous enemies of their souls. And then they list nine reasons for why I understand Bible prophecy is so vital to our lives today. The article is a really long one, so I'll just go ahead and just list off the reasons. But if you want to actually go in depth and see why they list those reasons, I would encourage you to read the article and our show notes on our website once this episode is posted. So they, the first reason here is the Lord commands us to be watchful and ready. The second one is the Bible tells us to encourage each other with our hope in Jesus appearing. Third one is Bible prophecy facilitates spiritual maturity. Fourth one here is biblical prophecy is vital to our testimony of hope. The next one is Bible prophecy confirms the integrity of Scripture. Bible prophecy demonstrates God's sovereignty. Bible prophecy helps us to cope with the chaos of a lawless world. A sound view of biblical prophecy exalts the person of Jesus. And lastly, the proclamation of Bible prophecy is a necessity because people need Jesus. So those are the nine reasons the author believed that we should be studying Bible prophecy. And I saw that article and I agree with all of it. And like I said, we wrote an article called Eight Reasons to Study Bible Prophecy that's very similar in this. We gave different reasons for it. Um, I mean, we could do like an episode, right? Just a one-hour episode just covering, you know, 20-plus reasons if we wanted to. There's so many reasons to study Bible Prophecy. Uh, so, Brother Stefan, can you just talk about some of those reasons that we wrote about? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, when we talk about we wrote this article, Io and I, we sat down and we hammered this out. It actually took us eight months <laughs> to publish this article. Um, and the reason being is, is we wanted to make sure that we were really accurate. Mm. Um, we, we had to come together. There were times when we disagreed on certain yeah. things. We had to compromise. We had to stop. We had to pray for a while. It was awesome. So um, we, our eight reasons that we gave that we thought were critical, and you can see this article on our website at figtreewatchers.com. Number one, it's interwoven in Scripture. 
number two, it reminds us that God is sovereign. Uh, this was so important to us. Uh, brother and I are really big on the sovereignty of God, that God is sovereign. Um, it reminds us that God is good. Bible prophecy reminds us that God's good. That's one of the most exciting things for me about Bible prophecy mm. is the goodness of God is revealed in Bible prophecy. Um, you you definitely see this um, in the fifth seal, right? Uh, where the, the saints are crying out to God, those who held to the word of God and to his testimony. And he said to God, when will you come and judge mm -hmm. and avenge us? Yeah. What's good about Bible prophecy is God is going to judge the wicked yep. and he is going to avenge those who have, have spilled their blood for the for the sake of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I think that that's a, an awesome hope that we have is justice, true justice. Mm -hmm. uh, it motivates us to holy living. It helps us to establish proper priorities. Um, Bible prophecy really clarifies that, uh, especially now, right? What are your priorities in this chaotic world? Is it the world? Is it money-making? Or are you now getting ready and saying, oh man, the world's going nuts. I better be right with God. I better be telling everyone I can about Jesus Christ, right? Mm -hmm. That's the important thing. It gives us hope. It motivates us to love. First Peter, one of the most clear verses says, the end of all things is near. Um, and it tells us, therefore, love one another, right? Mm. It's the key part of it. Um, the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement Galatians tells us. And what is that statement? Love your neighbor as yourself. Love. If you don't have love, we're just doomed. And one of the things that Bible prophecy tells us is that in the last days, love will disappear. Mm -hmm. So we need to be motivated to love. And then finally, it gives us urgency to share the gospel. Yep. Now, each of these, it's one of the longest articles that I think was ever written on uh, Fig Tree Watchers, but each of these points is well established in this article. Um, both I and I, we wrote on every single one of these points. So you're getting both of us contributing together on this. And we use a lot of scripture um, in this article, probably, uh, you know, it's it's got a ton of it. I'm just yeah. telling you. So go look at it, and it will really excite you, and I think motivate you as well. And it is in lockstep agreement with what you're going to see from Hard Harbinger's Daily as well. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's just a great way to start. Um, to just tell you guys, well, okay, if you're a non-believer, if you're listening to this, why why should you care about Bob Price? Why should I care if the rapture is going to happen, or what Christians say is the rapture, or the second coming, or the judgments, or whatever? Why should we care? And we listed those reasons why you should care. Um, because of those things, we believe that Bible prophecy is important and it should be taught in churches and it should be understood by Christians. So we just hope that you guys take that to heart. Uh, but the first article here that we're going to talk about is from the Christian Post, brother. And uh, you can open us up with this, but it's nearly half of millennials think misgendering should be a crime. So what's that one about? Because it sounds pretty crazy to me. Well, you know what? This is more it, it, for those of us who are living in California and in blue states, right? Um, because I don't think the rest of the country is really aware of the nightmare that is going on um, around the, the country in blue states. Um, in California, we just passed a law that is basically going to make it illegal for parents to tell their children that transgendering is wrong, right? In fact, uh, the, the law clearly states that anybody, anybody has the right to remove your children from your home 
because they don't like what you're teaching about transgenderism. Which is totally think about crazy. that. Yeah. Anybody, not just law enforcement, not just teachers, anybody has that right according to the law. And this is directly to go after Christian believers. So that Christian believers will have their children taken away so that they're not promoting Christianity to the next generation. And this is part of that. Uh, this is that indoctrination that you're seeing. And this is part of Bible prophecy. And for a lot of people, they're like, well, I got to get out of California. Mm-hmm. But as we discussed in episode five of the Ephesians podcast, if you've been listening to that study on Ephesians, Christians aren't supposed to run from the darkness. They're to run toward the darkness. They're to run into the darkness because they are the light. We don't leave California because it's getting difficult. We stay in California and we dig deeper within our walk in Jesus Christ. We trust in the sufficiency of Christ to lead us to all truth and for him to fight our battles for us. Christ is the one who fights the battles for us, right? He's the one who's going to avenge us, as we just talked about in the fifth seal. He's the one who's going to guide us to all truth. So it's clear to understand, yes, these are the days of Noah. These are great evil days that Mm -hmm. we are getting into. There's an apostasy that is taking place. If you're a Christian and you belong to a Reformed theology church and you're amillennial in your approach or you're a preterist, you've got to look at this and question it and say, wait a moment, these days are so evil. How can preterism be true? How can amillennialism be true? How can postmillennialism be true? Premillennial theology is the most accurate theology towards what it, the Bible says. Yeah. And you've got to look at this and go, we're not getting better. We're getting worse. Mm-hmm. There's only one theology that says that, and that's premillennial theology. Whether you're post-trib, mid-trib, pre-trib, that's not the discussion here. Yeah. Premillennial theology points to that the world is going to have a tribulation. Things are going to get really bad. Mm-hmm. Evil is going to be declared good, and good will be declared evil. And then will be ruled by an antichrist and then jesus is going to judge and he's going to return and where we where where your view of the rapture is of course we're pre-trib but where your view of the rapture is is the the clear understanding of of what you're dictating in that understanding Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's so important um the next article we have here we're going to be shifting our focus from like culture in the u.s and what bro spawn says is so important because first of all i live in minnesota and oftentimes I joke with them, like, oh, we're like California 2.0 because the we're definitely a Democrat-run state. And the laws here, it's just, it's really crazy. We were literally following Minnesota or California in terms of the uh, quote-unquote gender-affirming surgery, they call it, um, taking your kids away, things like that. So that's the things we're real, literally be seeing down, uh, coming down the pipeline already being accepted in Minnesota. So it's really crazy. Um, but Focusing now on Middle East, we have news here by uh, the Times of Israel. Top Biden aides dispatched to Saudi Arabia to discuss normalization deal report. So this is a story that we focus on, you know, for the past several years in terms of possible looming normalization with Israel and Saudi Arabia. Uh, If you guys already know about the Abraham Accords that Trump did during his presidency um, that saw some other Muslim nations such as the UAE, Bahrain, normalize ties with Israel um, and in the wings, people have always been asking, well, what about Saudi Arabia, right? Um, so this is just an update to that situation. And the reason that's significant is because we often go to Ezekiel 38, the war of Gog and Magog, Russia, uh, Iran, Turkey, we're going to be in the last days of other nations. 
you're going to go against Israel for a spoil, for financial gain. And Ezekiel, and I encourage you guys to read it for yourself, Ezekiel 38, 10 to 13. In verse 13, talks about Sheba and Dedan, and then others will be protesting that evasion. And Sheba and Dedan, from our understanding, is modern-day Saudi Arabia. So for that to happen in the future, it presupposes that they're on friendly terms of some kind. So that's why these this news piece or subsequent news pieces concerning possible normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia is very important. Uh, so with that said, I'll just go over this headline quick or this uh, news piece quick and we'll move on. So the article says senior White House officials arrived in Saudi Arabia on Thursday. Uh, this is posted on July 27th, so it's just this week. Uh, on Thursday, reportedly with directions from U.S. President Joe Biden to explore the possibility of a normalization agreement between Riyadh and Jerusalem. Riyadh will also demand, so in this stipulation here, um, they want to include significant Israeli concessions to the Palestinians aimed at keeping prospects for two-state solutions. So that's what Saudi Arabia always uh, pins the normalization on. So they said Riyadh will also demand that Israel take major steps to preserve a two-state solution. Then later, they said in the article, Friedman wrote that these steps might include an official Israeli promise to never annex the West Bank, uh, a commitment to not establish any more settlements or expand the boundaries of existing ones, a commitment to not, not to legalize any legal outposts, and the relinquishing of some Palestinian populated territory. So not only if this goes through sometime in the future, would they have to capitulate to a two-state solution, they also have to relinquish their land or basically relinquish any ties to their land because the West Bank, or Judea and Samaria as we call it, is actually their land. Um, so it's just crazy to see that happen. But again, what this, the significance of this news is that ultimately, as we see friendlier terms between Israel and Saudi Arabia, it just provides more stage setting for what Ezekiel 38 says will happen. So it's very interesting in that regard. Now, here's the interesting thing about this that we don't always bring up all the time on this. There is a scripture that refers to the nations of the world trying to divide the land of Israel into mm -hmm. into two, two countries. This is something that's really a big deal because in no other time in history has anyone tried to divide Israel. Now, Israel has only come back on the scene since 1948. Before then, nobody was trying to divide Israel into two-state solution. Yeah, um, But here... It is. And who was doing it? The nations of the world, right? This is actually a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The nations of the world, not just Saudi Arabia, but U.S. Everybody's trying to get in on this. Everybody wants there to be a two-state solution. And Scripture makes it clear that God's not going to stand for this, mm -hmm. right? God's not going to allow this to happen. So this is critical to understand. If you are a preterist or an amillennialist, this is a major confrontation. Your only thing is to, to then argue back is, well, this is as nothing to do with Israel. This is not Israel. This is the church is Israel, right? And you start making up all this stuff to justify your point because this news headline interferes with scripture, right? It, it well, How does it interfere? Because the scripture tells you this was going to happen. So then your doctrine is messed up, right? Would you agree with that idea? Yeah, I would. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier that basically, based off of what scripture says, we can we can arrive to a premillennial view and we actually see the truth of that view in the world. So therefore, it's like, why are you still holding on to your preterism? Why are you still holding on to your postmillennial viewpoint? Because we're not seeing the world get better, better, more more Christianized or that somehow all prophecy in the last days has been fulfilled or whatever. We're seeing what scripture says that the tribulation is coming. 
that the mark of the beast technology is being set up. Um, so that aligns with premillennial technology. So it definitely should cause someone who holds on to those views to really re-examine what they're what they're believing there. You know, and I'm gonna, I'm going to add this thing because I think this is a good segue for you for your next point. Uh, a lot of talk has gone on in the last couple of weeks about what Kraus Schwab said um, at the World Economic Forum uh, recently, and he said that by 24 2024 will be the last year of free elections around the world and at all those countries that are under world economic forum control are in total agreement this is definitely one of the scariest lines that has been delivered by Klaus Schwab um over the last decade and um people should realize that what he's basically saying is congratulations a one world government is here to stay and your elections are gone. We're going to control you. Yeah, I remember that statement came out a few weeks ago. And I was even, I, I followed Jordan Peterson too, who is very popular nowadays, vocally, you know, speaks out often against the World Economic Forum. And he actually discussed that quote as well. And I don't know in what context was Klaus Schwab saying it, but I do know a lot of people kind of picked up that quote and also referenced the AI that 2024 will be the last basically elections ever, human, you know, held elections. Because AI will take over and, you know, will affect people's views on elections and, and um, cause people to vote a certain way or whatever. So it's very interesting to see how the World Economic Forum and these powers that be, so to speak, they're trying to integrate this technology, AI specifically, to just dominate large parts of, you know, society as we as we see it. So it's it's very interesting. And how does that segue into the technology market of what we're seeing right now? Um, money for everyone. Yeah. So the next piece here, we have we have so much articles about technology. We'll see how much we can get uh, get into this. But the first article is by CoinDesk, and it's about the orb and and uh, uh, initiative called uh, WorldCoin. So some of you guys probably might have heard about it, but it's super dystopian. Wow. It's super weird. Um, but basically, the headline is an orb, a token, and money for everyone. WorldCoin CEO on crypto's most daring project. So I'll read it here. So the goal is simple and modest to create a system. And I just love it. The goal is simple. And what's the simple goal? To create a system that will eventually freely distribute tokens to all 8 billion people on the planet as a form of universal basic income. But because the rise of AI will make it tricky to figure out who is human, who is digital, fake, WorldCoin first needs to create a system that lets people, all people across the globe, prove that they are in fact human beings. Well, you might ask, okay, how are they going to, cause people you know to prove their identity so to do this they invented a physical device called the orb that can scan your eyeball the goal is for the orb to eventually scan every eyeball remember that's a simple and modest goal to scan every eyeball of every human who walks the earth and at some point if all goes well everyone will have access to open source and decentralized financial tools all oh, that sounds amazing uh last piece here it was co-founded and listen to this it was co-founded by sam altman the CEO of OpenAI, creator of ChatGPT, who's arguably the most central player in the development of AI. So as we're talking about technology, again, we have other stuff on AI and transhumanism and stuff, but I mean, I, I, kind of going back again to your argument, where I think we're going to go back to that so many times tonight, this and other articles are going to speak about, like microchipping and things like that. It's like, that, that speaks so boldly of what's to come concerning the mark of the beast, right? Like, how can you see this? And say, oh no, the prophecies about the Mark of the Beast have been fulfilled in 70 AD and blah, blah, blah. But we're like heading towards that direction with this technology. Not, We're not saying that this technology is the Mark of the Beast. 
but the idea of it is in people's heads right now. Like, again, they have this quote-unquote modest goal to scan everyone's eyeballs on Earth so then they can access some type of digital currency. It's like, excuse, excuse me? Like, how do you how do you view that, brother? It's just... But I know, according to the preterists, all prophecies, <laughs> there's no Antichrist. The Antichrist is, it was already defeated in 70 AD. I know, come on. It's history. You're just trying to you're trying to usurp history and and bring about it. You know this. We're in the millennial reign. The church is getting right, better. millennial reign. Yep, everything's getting better. Kumbaya, Io, come on, kumbaya. I just can't get the program, brother. I, I, but I don't get it either. Yeah, I just don't get it either. I mean, uh, look, there's so so many things that that we could sit here and just discuss. Uh, that just are mind blowing, uh, because out of this, out of this technology. I mean, just the Krauschwab quotes that we discussed two years ago are still resonating in my mind. Things that he said: "Hey, you're 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 not going to own any property, and you're yeah, going to like be happy. Yep, right. Um, you're going to have go. your entire banking controlled from your right hand or in your forehead. Right? Actually, he said in a uh, chip in your brain. He did say in your chip mm. in your brain." And we were like, oh, oh, he's already talking about this, right? Yeah. And the preterists, they're all sitting at home going, all prophecies fulfilled. Sorry, can't believe it. Closing my eyes, closing my ears, all tribal prophecy has been fulfilled. You are all liars, right? The problem is, it's the evil ones are saying this. Mm -hmm. They're like saying, we're bringing a one world government. What was the quote from Prince Charles? Like, there's six men running the whole world right now, but we're all leaning towards one man running it. It was crazy because... He didn't say explicitly, but he said that we need to marshal like the whole force of the world, bring right. in like That's all right. of this trillions and trillions of dollars and give it to like like him at his disposal. And we're all like, it's it him. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it what was the one I'm quoting was uh some guy that ran for office in England, like a okay. prime minister who said there's six guys. We need six people to control the whole world. I Interesting. I, I wouldn't doubt that because yeah. everybody's yeah, that's what they're saying. But but this is the problem. They're all they're all running around going, yeah, we need one world government. We yeah. have one guy to run it all, and it's him. We need to give the army to him. Who's him? Prince yeah. Charles. Who's him? Um, and obviously, we know Prince Charles is in bed with the Antichrist, right? So, but we even have religious institutions like the Catholic Church with the Global Solidarity Fund. When you go onto the website of the Global Solidarity Fund, which is the charity of the Catholic Pope. Right, which Catholics once a year give to that charity that goes to the Pope, and this is his fund, the Global Solidarity Fund. What does it say on there on their website? They don't even hide it. We support the agenda of the World Economic Forum. Mm. Wait a moment. I thought the church was supposed to support the agenda of Christ, not a one world government. What's wrong with this picture, everyone? Why, why isn't everyone? Oh, no, oh, no, come by. It's history. So it's yeah. Do you understand? Jesus said, "Don't be deceived." Yet, the worst part about what I and I do every week is realizing how many Christians are deceived. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. And this piece of news too. Again, this is going to speak more to what we're saying. We're going to ramble a little bit tonight, <laughs> folks. I apologize. This is from uh, LifeSite News here. The red line is, uh, top economists, central bankers are planting CBDC currency implants under your skin. So a prominent what? German, yeah, 
A prominent German economist says central banks plan to concretize central bank digital currencies in the form of microchips implanted under the skin, technology that would enable absolute government control over personal finances. Um, so this guy just talked about it. So according to Werner, in the initial phase, CBCs will be introduced through phone-based apps as other forms of digital currency are currently used. Why hasn't it been rolled out there yet? There's no actual need for it. Then it has to be created. He further predicted that central banks will use a carrot and stick approach to persuade people to adopt CBDCs under skin, starting with generating an economic crisis that will include demand for universal basic income. And then Warner speculated that banks will claim that they, quote, need the latest technology, the CBDC chip implant. Um, so it's very interesting that we're seeing this. Another one here. Chip implant under the skin. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, do you not hear this? Do you not hear this? I mean, I'm thinking back to a Reformed theology pastor who once told me, you know what, I don't ever talk about Bible prophecy because it's scary. Mm. Well, yeah, it is. It, this is scary stuff. If you don't know Jesus, mm. if you don't have the blessed hope that we could comfort one another with, which is Jesus Christ, yep. that the, that we know that the, those who are looking at his appearing with love and adoration, Right. Yeah, and that goes back to one of our reasons from our article, right? That Bible prophecy right. gives us hope. So that's and that's why we do what we do, right? Because unfortunately, there's so much misinformation. There's so much falsehood. Kind of what you're saying, you know, people are saying we're in the millennium now, and that's why we we focus so much time in our uh, end times chronology series to talk about these varying views to make the case that the Bible speaks on premillennialism. That's true, and we make that case so strongly, not because we like to argue, not because we're just doing it just to do it for fun. We're doing it because we, we know that once you understand this, what the Bible says, it gives you hope because you can look forward to Christ's return. So as we're looking at these things, we're seeing these things set up. It's easy to get angry at these world leaders, and rightfully so. It's easy to, you know, as a Christian, we, we shouldn't be afraid, but it's easy to get in that place of fear as well. But once you realize that, wait a minute, we're going to be out of here. We're not going to go through this. We don't have to. We're not going to go through the Mark of the Beast. We're not going to have to, you know, face the tribulation and the judgments. We're going to be gone and celebrate with Christ uh in heaven and it will come back and so our future is great there's a lot of hope there so that's what we want to leave you guys with um okay yeah i uh, real quick because we ahead. have seven minutes left i want you to go over this one here the lab is merging human yeah. brain cells with computer chips what the heck is that about so this is very i'll, I'll just read it quick a research team in australia is merging lab-grown human brain cells with silicon chips to try and create computing system that can beat traditional hardware so-called dish brain system received about and they talk about the funding you received um if the brain chip system succeeds it could give the country a leg up in various ai fields this new technology capability in future may eventually surpass the performance of existing purely silicon based hardware although the research is still in its infancy the group sees potential in using the same approach to control more complex ai systems and the announcement the team hinted that brain dish has more capacity of lifelong learning compared to traditional ai programs so essentially what they're doing here is they're saying that hey with normal AI programs right now, that's like, you know, plastic, silicon, whatever, just technology, right? Just, you know, your metals and whatever. It has a limitation to it. But they're saying that if they can utilize human brain cells and merge it with that technology, it will give the AI basically more computing power. It'll be more powerful. It'll supersede that of this regular non-human combined AI program oh mark of the beast it's on its way all right so it's right, just everybody. like wow this is crazy you know as we're talking about ai there's another article here that I didn't include about how 
um, AI is becoming, they're, they're trying to use more and more AI into like um, laws and, and enacting laws and things like six, that. Six. Uh, there's an article about how AI is being used in obviously church services, and I think we've covered that in the past. So, and I six, remember six, six. yesterday night, bro, Stefan and I were talking about the articles and what we're going to go over. And I was like, you know what, brother? As each day passes, as we see AI technology become more and more ingrained in, in society, it leads me more and more to believe that AI is going to have something to do with the image of the beast. And I've been, we've talked about that as well, but I've always been saying I'm not dogmatic about it. And, you know, it's the Bible doesn't say it's AI, but as we see what's going on, it's like, oh my gosh, like, is it really this technology? I mean, because it's so weird how you have this AI robot and it's like, well, let's use it in church. Let's use it in worship and let's put it in everything society. And then in scripture, let's just go to the scripture. Let's replace God with it. Yeah. That's a great idea. Let's replace God with AI. And then what You're, Revelation 13 says. sarcastic, everyone. Of course. Very sarcastic. Before they call okay. you out. Then what we see. Heretic. He wants to replace God with AI. Stefan said out of Think Tree Watchers. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm being sarcastic. Understand that. Because yeah. that's what the world wants. Mm. But you cannot replace God. Yeah. Okay. With our AI will, will declare itself to be God, but it is not God. Mm. Yeah. And just to read this quick, where we see the Bible talking about the the beast or the image of the beast, rather, is Revelation 13, um, starting at verse 14. And he, that's the false prophet, deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which was given to him to perform in the presence of the beast, that's the Antichrist, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who had the wound of the sword and has come to life. It was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast, to the image of the beast would even speak and cause many to not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So... It's the crazy prophecy. There's this image, it's given breath, and then whoever doesn't worship it, it's killed. So so it has to have, I don't know, we, we've gone over it so many times and we don't have too much time, but it's just it's just really interesting to see how a lot of this technology is already being built and can possibly have this perfect significance that we're seeing in scripture. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we end here? Real fast, and, and we have like three minutes, but I yeah. actually want to cover the UFO thing, but I want to yeah. do this real quick. One of the other articles we have is Amazon with uh, scanning payment technology through Whole Foods, which is more of this 666 stuff coming about. Um, and I'm saying the number 666, so if you don't catch it. Oh, yeah. So glad uh, they're going to roll out to all their Whole Foods stores. And then the other big thing was UFOs. Okay. Mm. UFO, 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 fallen angel, fallen angel, fallen angel stuff. Io, just one minute, give us a rundown. Um, so that we can cover it and we can all agree that this is the most demonic satanic thing that is yeah. going on. And it's it's Revelation 12, the Satan falling with his one third of heaven ready to happen. So, yeah, I think, yeah, just because of time's sake, we'll have to definitely dedicate more time to a later episode. But I'll just quickly just read off the headlines of these articles that we have here. Three articles. First one from June 18th from The Hill or July 18th, rather, non-human intelligence. Schumer proposes stunning new UFO legislation. Um, uh, next one here from July 20th from Fox News. Lawmakers claim UFO cover-ups from Pentagon. Military as witnesses set to Congress. And last one here, July 28th, CBS News. UFO hearing key takeaways. What a whistleblower told Congress by UAPs. So all in all, what those stories essentially say is that lawmakers are basically really being more and more aggressive now with saying that, hey, you guys are covering up things with UFOs disclose the information you have they're alleging uh this whistleblower here has been showing up um in the news recently in the past month his name is uh, david grush who served as a uh, 14 years as an intelligence officer in the air force he's claiming uh that they recovered as part of some crash ufos 
they recovered quote non-human intelligence like biological i don't know what the word like biologicals or something like that so they're claiming that they recovered some form of biology matter um in these ufo crash things so why we point this out and again we can't dedicate enough time to it is that we believe that this is happening to gear up for a deception coming later um, possibly to say, hey, people who disappear in the rapture, they weren't taken by Jesus. They're beamed away by UFOs, something like that. Um, so as we wrap up here, guys, just want to remind you that we talk about this to encourage you, if you're a believer, that all this points to our soon return. If you're not a believer, we're using this to point you to Christ, to say that, hey, you know, we're in the last days. If this stuff is real, then what Bible says about uh, our fallen nature, uh, uh, God's wrath and justice against sin, and then uh, what Jesus Christ did on the cross he took on god's wrath in our stead so if we believe on him we'll have eternal life so that's our message and exhortation to you tonight well thank you for joining us i'm going to go back and start banging my head against the wall for all the ideas of preterism and amillennialism so pray for me and io as we uh deal with that um but listen to these events go to your bible read your scripture and do not be deceived. Good night, everyone. Good night, guys.